All right. Welcome everyone to this week in digital marketing. I'm here with Brandon. I don't, I can't pronounce your last name, James DeLacy, and I'm Jackie Chow. And yeah, we have a pretty exciting episode for you guys this week. We're going to just go over who Brandon is, what we're working on this week, maybe talk about VPNs for SEOs, as well as the new EAT. And we're just going to go over what pretty much what Brandon's working on and then what our focus is for into 2023. So Brandon, why don't you just start us off by giving us a quick introduction of who you are, what you're doing, where they, where people can find you. Sure. Quite simply, I run a retro gaming website. I've been in like the, I guess you could call it the niche site game for a few years now, sold my first website for six figures about three years ago. And I used that to invest into retro dodo that's been going for about three years now and in terms of stats we're roughly pulling in about a million visits a month in terms of revenue last month we hit 50k in american dollars so short and sweet that's basically what i do originally before that i was a video producer for media companies i worked with future publishing who own like tech radar games radar for a couple of years doing video stuff for them while I was doing that, I built the like a, a small camper van site, and that's when I, I sold that, left my full time gig, and went all in on Retro Dodo, and here I am. Yeah, no wonder why. No wonder your setup's so good for your videos. So right. sick. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Super cool. James, what are you working on this week? Man, just trying to get back in the swing of things. You, the usual, the publishing, the writing. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary this week of being, it's funnily enough, I've had, I don't know if you guys have noticed this too. I've had heaps of brands reaching out this month for Hmm. more so like affiliate stuff, product placements, all sorts of stuff, which has been, it's not usually, it's not usually like this quick in terms of how many of them have reached out, which is interesting, but getting heaps of free shit adding those reviews to the site and stuff like that, negotiating a bunch of stuff. So that's been really good on the affiliate side. And that's pretty much the main focus at the moment, getting all those, all those articles up and getting the podcast going, getting some, I filmed my first YouTube video, but the microphone, this thing from Amazon. Thick. Sucks. Balls. So I couldn't publish it. (laughs) It was so bad. I was like, damn, man. Okay. So I'm going to get another mic to do something like that. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to film better videos. Brandon, what do you have any tips for us? Or do we just have to get our reps in for this? Yeah, you know, you need to get your reps in. But I think the easiest way to make, you know, make shit look good is a 4K camera and good lighting. Like lighting makes everything so much better. You know, audio quality is pretty good as well. But I reckon if you go 4K, you have a play around with some, some cheap lights off Amazon. And you can, you know, you can polish a turd, so to speak. <laughs> and James, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that there's a, a lot more brands reaching out nowadays. I think there has been an uptick in um, SEO interest on the agency side over the last couple of months. I'm not sure why that is, but many people are actually caring about a bit more about organic nowadays. But Brandon, are you mm. seeing something similar with like Retro Dodo? 
Yeah, I think, you know, influencer marketing, getting products in influencers' hands is a bit hit and miss. So I think you're right in terms of, you know, these companies looking for a more strategic, reliable traffic source, which is probably why you're getting plenty of emails, James. We're seeing a, a small uptick, you know, but you can only review a certain amount of products. You know, the team can only be a certain size and, and sometimes you want to put out bad reviews to show that you're, you're testing a lot of bad products, but unfortunately bad products doesn't get the affiliate revenue that we all need to keep, keep the bills paid. <laughs> yeah. I think bad reviews also gets lawsuits, right James? Yep. That's already happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? Oh no. An informal cease and desist, but it's all good. That's all sort of for now. We'll see. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we make a comeback and and do something there. But <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I mean, the one company that reached out to me. I mean, they went down as you mentioned, influencer stuff. So they had guys on YouTube reviewing the things and whatnot. But they were saying, man, it's, it's too sporadic and kind of one off. Like maybe one guy made like thirteen sales or something, but then it kind of dies off. Whereas mm-hmm. obviously with my blog post on Google, I'm bringing in thousands of people a month to that page. And so people mm-hmm. are going to always see that thing. And so they, they find the value in that versus just sending it to someone on YouTube or whatever, or some professional athlete or whatever doing it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And Brandon, what are you working on this week? Are you uh, toning down for cool. the holidays or are still trucking along? <laughs> yeah. Toning down, you know, I've had this, I have this strong thoughts about what would happen if I sold the brand? We'll probably get onto that later. So I'm just taking mm-hmm. a couple of weeks off. Told the team to like take 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 time off until the new year, all paid, just so I can think about what strategy I'm going to do going into 2023. What the team's going to look like because I haven't been happy with the structure. The, the team's doing great. The the quality mm-hmm. and the output's fine. It's just I think we need to focus on news and more affiliate stuff as we move into 2023. So I need to, currently I'm thinking of a structure around that and the longevity of the brand because, you know, rumors have it, ad rates are going to be pretty bad next year. So I think focusing on news and affiliate stuff is going to be a way of counteracting that personally. Yeah. So restructuring, that's pretty big moves actually. So I guess you have a lot to think about. I've actually, ever since you sent out the message about it, in our chat, I think uh, that's given me a lot to think about as well. Move like moving forward into the new year. Like you know, j- I've been starting to sell off some of the assets that I'm not f- f- focusing on because I think I was widely known as the diversification guy, but I'm like toning down into some like major projects. Just I think three to five major projects. That's it. And yeah, Good I number. guess I, I can. Yeah, and. Pretty much, I can. I guess I can talk into what I've been. Up, I've been up to this week. Been pretty lazy, if I'm being perfectly honest. I've been uh, just at home, back in Canada, and you know, motivation goes way down when I'm back home. Besides that, I think agency side, we're planning to launch a new agency, like a spinoff of Indexy. I'm pretty excited about that. So what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to spin out an SEO agency out of Indexy and Indexy will continue to operate as like a holding co for my content sites. And this new agency will, I'll partner up with like a killer salesperson and 
I'm just going to give them 50%. And the goal mm. of this agency will be to sell it in two years, two to three years. So we're going to try to get 20 to 30 yeah, retainers because this guy has done it before. Yeah, he's like an absolute, like a straight killer. And he brought an SEO agency from 10K a month to, I think, 200K a month in six months. So I'm pretty hyped about it. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So just a lot of outreach, you know. So I'm pretty, yeah, pretty hyped about that. And I think, yeah, just giving the final, assigning final tasks to the team before the holidays. And yeah, I'm planning out the 2023, like my goals for 2023. So pretty hyped about that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I think that's a good segue into probably what we should talk about immediately after this, because this is what pays the bills. VPNs for SEOs. Does everyone use a VPN here? Yep. No. Brandon? No? You know, no. I think the use case for, in terms of for SEO is pretty exciting because I personally use it for local SEO. So, I mean, you know, best lawyers, I don't know, Bath, mm -hmm. where you're based, et cetera, et cetera. And NordVPN is obviously the best one. Get a free month on us with a coupon code Indexy, and you should sign up to be an affiliate below using our link. And I think why I'm pushing this so hard is because, well, number one, they pay me over like 50K a year just to be their affiliate because I send them a lot of traffic. And I think if you guys are listening and have a way of pushing solid traffic to them, you guys should consider it because their CPAs are pretty damn high. Brandon, have you ever been in the VPN industry? Because I think Gail Breton talks a lot about it on Twitter, right? I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't I haven't dived into it yet. I've 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 never used one. I know they're great if for their use cases, and I have used NordVPN. They've sponsored a couple of videos in the past, so I've I have mm -hmm. used them and tested their products. And I will admit, not the not that I use them now, but I will admit that the time I did use them, they were they were pretty good. Yeah, and James, what do you use it for? And I've had that. <clears throat> I've had Nord for like three years, but it's because I traveled so much for work. So obviously I relocated mm. around relocated all, all around the world. So man, I would have lost PayPal funds and all sorts if I didn't have a VPN. The free VPN does not work when you try and log into your PayPal account from a different country. So you need a, a proper VPN to do that. And so North yeah. saved my ass more than once on that. Um, but that's pretty much been my main use case other than other things I will not say on a mm. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, have you ever tried attempting to rank for best VPN for gaming for retro? Or is that no, too so, far off from your, yeah. Yeah. It's just not in our niche, really. If I was in a broader gaming category, for sure. Like I know a load of people use VPNs for, um, for, for mm -hmm. gaming. I have a friend in, in China that constantly uses it and he, he, well, he probably uses it every day, but it's just currently not in my niche in all honesty and i can imagine that's a bloody hard keyword to rank for right that competition must be through the roof yeah no it's uh definitely crazy that's why i target you know the chinese market for example that's where i'm right. most of signups are from but yeah i think it's something to look into yeah moving on 
So you guys, obviously everyone saw the, the, the new Google update with their new guidelines with eat. There's an extra mm. E in front of it. Brandon, I think I saw you post something on Twitter about it, right? Yeah. You know, like I knew oh, this was going to come. Lose Brandon? Oh, he's yeah, back. Like, can you hear me? I'm a bit laggy, am I? Yeah. Should I use that NordVPN to, to log in? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I could see this was coming. There was too many sites ranking for stuff that they literally haven't touched. And it, it, as a reader, and I always try and look at creating content from the, the reader's perspective, like you want to see these experts literally touching it, try, trying to break it, putting it to the test and testing everything they can with proof. And the only way to do that is in my eyes, showing images and videos of the product in unique images and video, you know, the stock images just ain't going to cut it anymore. Sometimes I've done like taking stock images and putting it on a, in a, oh God, <laughs> what a time to get involved. So what I used to do is put stock images on top of a, like a retro dodo Photoshop theme and, and that does okay. I think that's like one step above stock images, mm -hmm. but still, you know, those articles that I use those don't, don't really rank. They'll be on the first page, but all of my product based content that does rank well is the, is the content that I'm using custom images and custom videos, you know, video reviews and stuff. I'm stacking it together and, and doing comparisons, linking to the full reviews. That's the stuff that ranks. And I think that's the stuff that Google wants to rank. And that's why they come out with the EE eat now. <laughs> Yeah, James, you also try the try out your what's it? Try out the products, right? Well, where, where you yeah. can at least. Yeah, exactly. Those ones rank really well. But in saying that, I do rank a lot of reviews with just using the Amazon image at the moment. So I get those done and written. They rank anyway because Google likes my site in the space. And then as I become more connected with a lot of these companies and things like that, <clears throat> then I get them to send me a whole bunch of stuff and then I'll just replace it, do the individual reviews, link those all together. I think that's been the biggest thing is being able to link the individual reviews back to the main roundups yeah, and just linking everything together. Man, that's been so powerful. I've been doing that too with info, with my info content. Obviously it's not a new idea, but <clears throat> I've ranked some pretty big keywords in the fitness space just from writing my big pillar article on how to get big, whatever, and then writing all the articles around that linking them all, linking all those articles back to the big one and then hitting the first page for whatever it is. So that's been work. I mean, same concept. Interesting. Yeah. James, you, you've def definitely talked about this a lot. I think we personally don't do this in-house. I think we do the step above Brandon that you mentioned where we kind of Photoshop it in mm -hmm. pretty savage still, but I think your, your guys' way is definitely a lot better. Brandon, how do you get the products in? Because sometimes they don't ship to the UK or do they always do it? And how, how do you guys figure out the costs? Because surely the costs will go through the roof if you're buying every single retro video game, I don't know, thing out there. <laughs> I think you guys rank for emulators or, or whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we're, we're an authority in, in handhelds. So if I had to buy every handheld, I'd be pretty skinned. But... Yeah. The way I started, because I've been doing YouTube for ages and I've always created little blogs and, and tried stuff, but the best way to do it is invest in their products, buy them for a couple of years, and then just drop them an email. Be like, yo, I've reviewed three of your products. Can you send us one for free? 
And eventually you'll get on their PR list and they'll send you every product that comes out the door. And eventually the next step is to be like, hey, we want to review your product. Send us $1,000 or whatever your price is. And hopefully you'll get a yes. If not, you get free products and you, you sell them mm -hmm. after you've used them if need be. But there's that there are the three steps. You, you invest in it yourself. I'm not saying you should invest in expensive stuff, but you know, I started off with phone cases, like cheap games, consoles, accessories, and eventually you, you work your way up. But first of all, you buy them. Second of all, you contact them, get them for free. And then third, once you're an authority and you're actually generating them some revenue and you're on their affiliate list, then you ask for, for money. I think that's a good idea. I'm not sure this will work in all niches because I'm pretty sure if I have to buy five sofas, it might ruin, ruin me. We'll, we'll have to try to figure out some, somewhere in between. Maybe we'll hit up a showroom or something like that. They do um, loans as well. Just sit on Sorry, the I, know, <laughs> I know a lot of companies that do loan samples. So they send you it for a mm. week and you send it back. Oh yeah. I think the car companies do that for even for the big YouTubers. They don't send them like a whole car, for example. Right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the dream. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think what Google has been saying is interesting. I think this is a step in the right direction, but I think with a lot of SERPs out still, it's not reflecting what they're saying. I think Gail Brenton posted a tweet about this, I think mm. either today or yesterday about how the front page for best VPN isn't actually in the VPN space. They've, it's obvious these guys haven't tested it, the test, the pro the products properly. And, you know, Forbes being in the top five doesn't really make sense because this, I don't know, this column, this column editor probably didn't test them all out. He probably just put whatever is paying them the highest up there. So. Do you see that in your own niches? What do you guys feel about that? Because Google often says they say the right thing, but the actual SERPs reflect another. Yeah, for sure, man. It's all, nothing really changes. Nothing really changes. Even on the SERPs I'm in, it's all the same bullshit sites, ranking for bullshit, whatever. And it's, it's always the same, regardless of what update comes out. It's almost punishing like the little man and letting the, uh, the big wigs kind of run it. Yeah. It's, Brian, it's, do you see something similar? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we see similar stuff, you know, we, we have grown like our clusters out where we can outrank a lot of the big dogs in terms of like, you know, we've, we've seen ourselves outrank big gaming websites and big tech websites just because our cluster is an absolute unit and we've proved to the user and, and, and tested multiple devices and products, but stuff like VPN, it, it, it is, it is very, very difficult to, to, to outrank them. I think when Google come out with this stuff, it's not instant, like their transition mm -hmm. probably takes year maybe two years before you know it really sticks into the ground and you can see that transition and and what they've told you to do work but with typical google you're you're, you're not wrong i think they say one thing that it takes two years for actually to cement mm -hmm. yeah I, I guess it makes sense it, it does take time for the algorithm to do its work but yeah with that said how, how large are your clusters because you mentioned the word cluster, I don't know, is it like 10 posts? Is it 50? Is it a hundred? Is it a thousand? 
I'd, I'd say like our, our top clusters are, are in the hundreds, hundred plus. My class of cluster is a hundred plus. You can't you can't okay. say, "Hey, look at my cluster," and you got three fucking posts in that yeah. cluster, and you're, and you're 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 arguing why you're not ranking. You need so many pieces of article to cement your, your, the top of your pyramid. So if it is best VPNs, like why aren't you diving deep into every VPN and doing twenty five articles on each VPN, like how tos, guides, comparisons, all linking to that top of your pyramid? You know, you can't just yeah. have best vpns in the uk best vpns in china and, and ask yourself yeah. why why aren't you ranking like you you want to show that you're using it you're testing it on devices around the country in five different cities that's the shit that google wants to see and that's the that's the stuff that the customer wants to see and google just crawls that and goes let's see they want to rank for best vpn let's let's check out their cluster and and yeah. their cluster is like five strong yeah no chance you didn't have to come after a niche site Twitter like that, man. I think half of them are like that. <laughs> yeah, drives me mad, mate. Drives me mad. Yeah. Yeah, J James, uh, what kind of clusters are you building for your sites right now? So, just like I mentioned before, I didn't even know how big <clears throat> bags are all in process. So, I'm, this, I mean, especially within the fitness space, you've got a shit ton of, I mean, you're unlimited topics, basically. So, <laughs> but I, I kind of go, at least within reviews, I go by like minimum viable like an MVP, a minimum viable product. So I'll go, <clears throat> not a product, but minimum viable, like enough to get me to the top. So even though I'll do my roundup. So one example, I did my roundup recently, I came in at number seven <clears throat> and I was like, okay, that's usually where I start sometimes. And then I bumped up a couple. I did an individual review of the first one, linked it back, did an individual review of the second one, linked it back, kind of just left it because I just couldn't be bothered writing anymore. I think I bumped up top three. I think I did one more and then I bumped up to the first place and I've still got more. I can do individual reviews on. They don't have any search volume, but I end up ranking for brand keywords and whatever else. And I'm just going to save those in case, Hey, if I drop down this place, I'll do another individual review, link it back. And so I just kind of leave myself room to move. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So you do it like one step at a time. You don't really go <laughs> yeah. after it immediately because Brandon, you, you mentioned I think your cluster was in Pokemon, right? Something like Correct, that. Yeah. And that's how you guys built it out. And how many posts in into your cluster did you start seeing the impact? Because, I mean, your graph on Ahrefs is a sharp upwards trend. Do you know, remember yeah. when you started focusing on it? Oh, mate, we were, we were building out Pokemon content since day one. I'm okay. saying every day, right. but you know, once a couple of months, we were, we were posting out the door and that was low keyword difficulty stuff, like easy stuff for us to rank for, for example, like best dog Pokemon, you know, maybe searched mm -hmm. by a thousand people, you know, but we, we kept piling on top of that. And I, I say a hundred because that's when we saw the, the needle tick and we were ranking for high quality Pokemon keywords for I don't know, for example, best Pokemon Game Boy games, st something I can mm -hmm. monetize, you know, through eBay affiliate stuff. But we've done about 300 posts on Pokemon. And when the new game came out in November, we started producing guides for it. I invested in a guides writer. And that's when we were top two, top three, okay. every time, just hitting it off the bat, bang, bang, bang. And, you know, we saw a traffic, uh, like 25% increase just as soon as the oh, game crazy. launched. That's that's faded off now because of the popularity of the, the game has you know, people just aren't playing it now. They might we might see a spike around Christmas when people get the game, 
but mm-hmm. it was just proof that you know we've built this cluster like the, i call it the pyramid you target all the crappy keywords and you just keep building up higher and higher keyword difficulty and you just link that all together using a, a decent internal linking system and just just hope for the best and I, i've seen it work but it takes takes time you know the double eat that they're calling it they want to see experience over a long period of time you might have mm-hmm. 500 articles go up in a, in a month if you're running like an ai content site but google ain't going to see that as expertise they want to see you changing the best dog pokemon every game that comes out changing it every few months to let them know that oh shit they're updating the little keywords as well which actually strengthens the top of your your pyramid as well but a lot of people i think in the niche site game just leave a lot of their content outdated and don't update it i think there's a great strategy going back through old content and updating it to strengthen your your top of your pyramid Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good tip. Yeah, I can't wait to, for you to see my AI site. I think I'm a topical <laughs> authority in about 10 different verticals right now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, it's since died a bit, but yeah, I think we might go into escrow tomorrow um mm-hmm. on the new earnings. So let's see. Let's hope uh, fingers crossed it'll be a great case study, be a mini five-figure exit and uh, fingers crossed. How old is the site? I bought it as a starter. So I think the domain is about two years old and I just mm-hmm. completely blasted it. And I saw it, it's starting to take off. Then we really pumped. Like, I think we did th- three to four K posts in the last month. And then that, then it went hyper Yeah. God. Yeah. It's like a hot it's potato. A super it, block build it, exactly. Build yeah. it up and throw it at someone else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed. Let's hope it doesn't die. But yeah, we'll, we'll see because I, I didn't do anything sketchy. Well, no, I mean, I did do sketchy, sketchy shit on it. I think it's just, uh, we were rewriting it as fast as we could. Um, mm-hmm. the posts that rank, uh, just, just a fun little experiment. We'll, we'll see what happens. If it dies, I, I it's not something I really care about. But it's yeah, a lesson learned in it is, is technically an investment mm-hmm. into learning the algorithm. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to talk a bit more about retro dodo. With you building in public, I, I'm, I'm sure you get a ton of scrutiny. I think Charles Float is a huge advocate for not building in public. I think several mm-hmm. people, other people are. I don't really build in public, especially for my major sites, because I, I don't think I'm quite there yet in terms of the authority. But I know RetroDodo probably has a huge moat. Um, not many people can enter the niche right now at this moment and be competing with you unless they're like, I don't know, Forbes, even Forbes. I don't think they'll they'll be able to, but yeah. Can you speak on that? Like what made you build in public or not, not particularly in public, but you know, showing off your URL because not many people in this Mm -hmm. game do do it. Quite, quite simply, it comes down to when I started this a few years ago, I couldn't see anyone doing it. I, I, I couldn't see anyone showing their work. You know, the screenshots were there. I'm like, cool, but I wasn't there. I wasn't getting anything from the screenshots. It was all just, I guess you could, I wasn't really learning. And honestly, I wanted to follow someone that was in the trenches building something and turning it into something great. And I couldn't find anyone doing it probably for a reason, to be honest, mate, probably because everyone's getting absolutely like spam linked and, and all of that. Yeah. 
and me being me, the, the idiot that I am, I was just like bollocks. I'll just do it in public. And mm-hmm. I guess I was quite proud of what I was building and I wanted to show off to a certain extent. So I left, I left my full-time job from future, which was a very reliable job. And yeah, I just wanted to to help people in the trenches like me building stuff with very little money in, in, in building it into something cool. So I guess it just, come, it just, it just came down to that, trying to help people out for free with proof and something they can track, something they can go back through the years and see how it started, how it crafted and where it is now. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not professional at this. Like I barely know basic SEO in all honesty. I just do very white hat stuff. I, I build something that I would trust reading and that's my only real strategy really. And hopefully I help journalists and creatives in this space do what they love as well. No, that's interesting. I think we spoke with Kevin last week as well, and he he said something similar. But he really puts his face out there. I, I sorry, I apologies. I haven't checked out your YouTube channel, but are you mm-hmm. the face of the brand as well for the YouTube yeah. videos? Yeah, and this is an issue I'm running into. You know, I, I've always been a content creator. I've crafted everything from videos mm-hmm. to TikToks to articles. I've done it all myself, and that's how I kind of built the brand up. But now I'm getting to a point where. I'm bottlenecking myself to a point where on the on the face of the the channel and to find someone else with my expertise and you know camera skills and and all of that is it's going to be difficult and and expensive. So I'm in this awkward place now where I'm stuck. In all honesty, I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit stuck. Hmm. I guess I mean an idea would be to start looking for your own replacement, but mm-hmm. then that will reflect on your PNL, but. I think mm-hmm. that's normal anyways. How's the j- hunt going? Are you hitting up like headhunters? Are you looking locally so you can train that person up or wh- what's like, wh- what's it look like right now? I guess it's holidays right now, to... so it doesn't look like anything, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to handpick people. I've messaged a few people that run like smaller retro channels and I'm like, Hey, I want, I want to pay you. Can you do, can you do the same for me? Most of them came back like, no, I don't want to leave my full-time job for, for, you know, I want to do my own channel. Can I do my own channel and your channel? And I'm just like, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. I can't, you can't be on both, you know, it, I'm very anal with the quality of the content and, and who it needs to be. It needs to be someone authoritative, someone who knows how to film, how to, to grab engagement, how to review products and, and finding that's going to be really tricky. Like, I don't want to just get any geezer in and make video content yeah. and then three months down the line i have to sack him and then everyone's like yeah. yo where's where's bob gone i'm like oh, he's, he's sacked he's back on his yeah. own channel now so <laughs> it's 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 difficult it's it's really difficult and i don't regret doing what i did but you, yeah it's a bit bottlenecked really and i yeah, can't find I... anyone else that's done this maybe kevin has kind of been there but he's still the face isn't he um <laughs> This is why I like, I'd like to document it because hopefully someone who's coming on the same path as me can figure out what to do. Yeah. I think maybe, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how people are motivated, but most, most of the time they're monetarily motivated, right? Maybe your offer mm-hmm. just wasn't good enough. I don't know what your offer was, but did you offer them a piece of the upside? Maybe pr- like a sign on bonus that comes like, which, you know, that comes on after a year of staying on etc etc like what what did you offer this person just a Most full-time the conversations job or was... haven't, oh, haven't okay. got there but yeah it, it would ideally be a straight up 
good, decent monthly salary, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think a part of it is taking on quite a big project. You know, people don't want to be the new face of a brand because they might get absolutely slated. And it's quite, don't want to blow my own trumpet, but big shoes to fill. You know, you, you can't yeah. just be like, oh, I'm Brandon's off now, but here's Bob. Everyone's gonna, you don't want to be like, oh, fuck you, Bob. We don't, we want Brandon back. Yeah. And, but I don't think pay, you know, enough pay will, will solve that issue. So, hmm. yeah, but you're all right. That's a, that's an interesting concept of paying percentage. Maybe you do a percentage of the, the, the video revenue or something, you know, yeah. it's got to make the pie a bit sweeter. That issue with yeah. taking over a YouTube channel, when I acquired a, my second site, which is a big fitness site, but obviously had a YouTube channel as well with the old owner and things. And that's why I haven't touched YouTube on that or podcasts or anything. Cause I don't want to shove my face and whatnot in there. And it's completely different to what the subscribers there are used to. So I'm like, well, I might just not do YouTube or maybe way down the line, maybe when it's just like so far, like 10 years down the line where everyone's completely forgotten what the hell's going on. Then it's like a brand new channel. <laughs> yeah, I think if you don't post for a while. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. It's, 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 it's scary, you know, and mm. putting your face on someone else's brand is a big investment for, for that person. You know, they don't want to be seen as that guy that was on Retro Dodo for three months and every video is disliked, so they had to, had to leave. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, you'll, you'll see because uh, that's a work in progress, right? Yeah, it's definitely something I want to do next year if I decide to. It's likely that I'm going to keep the brand and grow it into something great. You know, I keep getting these intrusive thoughts of like, what if I sold? I could pay off all my bills. I could be free. I could travel, blah, blah, blah. You know, you get the you get the shiny object syndrome. But in reality, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the best thing to do is knuckle down, plan how to three extra revenue, get a video guy in to take over that. And then I, it frees my time up to look over everything and start other projects that can grow out the, the media brand. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it needs to be either the intrusive thought of complete exit. It could be maybe just finding your own replacement first, because that's like step one, right? You're gonna have to do that either way down the line. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty exciting times for you. I'm pretty excited for you. Thanks. One thing I personally want to talk about. I don't know. James Wright does not care, but I want to talk about how you came up with your book. That is so cool. We chatted a bit, well, quite a bit actually on in the dms i i personally want to do it for the architecture brand that i'm working on i'm i'm hyped about that so w- could you walk us through the process of coming up with a book did were you approached did you approach them i, I i'm sure i asked this already i'm i'm sorry i forgot no that, no that's fine and i'm excited for you if you if you want to create a book for your community because it is a very fun project and and for yeah. someone like me who's created everything digitally over their career to actually hold something that you've crafted is there's just something truly magical about it so i'm excited for you on that journey but it all started from an an idea and, and i think with any i hate the word niche website but let's say content brand there's there's three levels of like monetization you've got your your classic display ads which is like your 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 easy cheap money then second you've got your sponsors and your custom deals with brands and then you you on your top of your pyramid is your product because that's the funnel technically so that's what i think you know advanced niche website owners should be looking at how they can make this incredible brand that's technically a funnel into an incredible product which is kind of what you're doing but it all came from an idea. 
I hand contacted about 10 publishers that I've seen work from and owned work from. So I've had their own books. And there was a new one, a new publisher that was uh, located just an hour away from me and they got in touch and they were oh, like, yeah, let's, let's have, let's have a meeting. And I picked up one of their books and it was phenomenal quality. They work with creatives and journalists and they pay well, and it's all like art based. So they work with a lot of artists. So there was a lot of investment needed to craft the book. I didn't want just paper and generic photos. I wanted everything to be, to be custom. And we, we took on a 50, 50 split and we took the project on, I marketed it, they crafted it. And it went from a simple idea to, to a physical product all because I put out a tweet saying, would my, to, to my community, would you buy a, a book about handhelds? And there was everyone demanding to make it. So I made it in, I say I made it, it took, it took a year to make because we wanted it to be perfect. And we worked closely with the community. So in the retro space or in our niche, we basically, I wrote a list of about a hundred influencers and journalists and publishers that I wanted to get in the book. If it was anyone from like a, a journalist on tech radar or games or whoever we wanted to work with, I did a list and I contacted them all. And I think we had about 35 people wanted to work with us, which was sick. And that's in a so sense, sick. that's 35 people that are in the book. They're going to help you promote it as well. And it was just, yeah, it went, through the roof really our target yeah. was did you have 20K. to pay them yeah we paid them some of them didn't even want to take payment they just wanted to get involved and you know we we yeah we'd asked them to do like about 1500 words on a, on a certain handheld or a certain accessory or a certain story and they were more than happy to to get involved with that there's something that they you know influencers are they they put books on a higher pedestal you know it's not like hey can you come write an article yeah. Like, nah, fuck that. But do you want your name in a book that could be in Waterstones or a big airport? Yeah, cool. I'll do that for free or, or cheap. So that was, that was, it was a lot of work getting everyone involved, but I would put that down to one of the main reasons the product did so well. The product was great. It was superb. But having like the whole retro gaming niche talk about that product in the space of two weeks, like you couldn't, people in that niche couldn't not see it. It was that big and well, our target was $20,000 in a month and we hit about a hundred K in about three weeks. So we blew oh, the roof off it. and we're in the, we're in the process of working on the second one now, launching that, launching the Kickstarter in end of January and launching for Christmas. Unbelievable. Yeah. Congrats, man. That's a huge accomplishment and hopefully I can follow in your footsteps now. Yeah, that's. That's pretty crazy. James, have you ever considered launching or getting a book written in your niche? Many times, many times. Eventually I will. I mean, my very first website, my pet website, I turned my, <clears throat> my pet blogs into a Kindle book and chucked it on mm. Amazon, sold a couple of copies, but <laughs> that's just like going through the process and learning that. But yeah, I will eventually in my spaces, I want to do, cause I've got a bunch of coaches involved in or both my sites, but one of my main ones, my combat sports, I do want to do like a full comprehensive, like strength conditioning for combat sports kind of book and have a whole lot of people contribute like Brandon has and just turn into like this huge encyclopedia for that. So that's eventually the plan once it, once it gets big enough, I'll probably, I might do the same within the general fitness or strength sports space, but that's a little tougher because it's a little more saturated in that area too. And obviously a lot of big, big research and the stuff always publishing. Hmm. No, that's 
super interesting. Brandon, do you mind ask, me asking how, how much you paid on average for each person to be on the book? Because if it's like $1,000 US, isn't that fucking wild? Isn't that like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. We, oh, I can't, I don't have the exact numbers, but I think we offered about 200 pounds for a thousand words. Okay. You know, got it. I can't, okay. I can't give you exact numbers, but that's, that's what we no, were pitching fine. to people. 200 quid, a thousand words. You'll be in the book. You know, we'll share you on socials. You'll be a part of something really, really cool, mm -hmm. really. You almost want to make the product so good that they want to be a part of it. And now on our mm -hmm. second book, everyone's coming to us. Like instead of me going out and sourcing people now, they're coming back and saying, hey, I want to write about this. I want to write about this. I want to, I want, I want to write about this. And you're like, cool, I'll have that story. I'll have that story. So the process now is, is a bit Much more easier. streamlined. Nice. We used it as marketing material as well. Like, hey, we've got this influencer involved. And when we launched the crowdfunding, we said, like, these 10 names are involved. And people, mm -hmm. oh, shit, that guy. I want to see what he's writing about. And yeah, yes, it, it worked. Yeah, super cool. Sorry, last question about uh, Retro Dodo. But when you went out to find these influencers, quote unquote, some of them were reporters, some of them have. I'm guessing huge followings. Some of them have none. Did you prioritize the people with large followings? Did was the pay like a scale where you paid the people with larger followings more, or was it was the pitch the same generally across? Like, be a part of something great here. The pitch was pretty much the same, and and so was the rate. It was a flat rate for the, for the words. I would advise getting in one big name as quickly as you can use using that as your, your hook, like, Hey, this mm -hmm. guy is involved. Do you want to get involved? And they're like, Oh shit. If that guy's involved, get, yeah, right. yeah, I'll do it. So I looking back at it, you know, I should have got the big guys in first. It was a bit of a mix, but yeah, yeah. I think getting that one big hook, and if you need to invest in that hook, you know, maybe a K, two K to get that one writer in that's like an authority in your space. I, I would have, I would have paid that just to hook in over writers for a normal rate. Okay, yeah, that's a really good idea. Probably, I'll definitely do that if once we focus a bit more on the book this this coming year. Yeah, and one thing that's not probably not talked about at all is your bath the business, the local community business, you said you probably shelved it for the rest of the year and you're going to relaunch it or like refocus on it in the coming year. I think personally, that's a great, idea. I keep telling you to, I think I've been pushing you pretty hard to, to focus on that. Mm -hmm. The Andrew Wilkinson capital daily playbook is right there. You can follow them. Exactly. They have since rolled up, I think four to five other major cities in Canada. And I think, yeah, you're onto something here. You probably could be the one in the UK that rolls them up, or you could just sell to them. You know, this could be a quick flip. I know you just bought it. It could be a quick flip. Who are you to say no to six figure profits? You know? Yeah, no, I, it is something that I'm very funny today, right? Got, got my haircut, not for this podcast, but I'll, I'll say that I got a fresh cut just for you, lad. And I, I wrote a post about the best barbers in Bath and it's the, it's the barbershop I've been going for years now. And he goes, Oh, Hey, did you write a post the other day? I had a young lad that came in because you, of your post on, on your website, oh, nice uh, one, which, yeah. which felt great. And 
sometimes when I work on Dodo, I don't have much meaning to my work. It's just, hey, look at this shit and buy this shit if you want to. But with Love Bath, there's something quite magical about helping people in the city. But like like you can see, there's definitely something in it that I want to build. It's just I haven't got too much revenue to, to pursue on it as of yet. I think I'm putting in like maybe 2K a month to a writer to put out maybe 10 articles a month for now. But next year, I do want to put my foot down and, and invest in some journalists and do some news stuff and grow out that newsletter because that that's the playbook I've been I've been following. You know, it's that yeah. funnel is your your newsletter, which you then sell to sponsors and sell to the sea. Eventually, no, that's very exciting times for you. I think. Yeah, speaking on to twenty twenty three. I guess your main focus will still be Retro Dodo, but you just mentioned that you'll, you'll be looking to hire some journalists in the space. And for, what is it? What's what's the brand called? Is it Love Bath? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Your city's beautiful, by the way, in pictures, at least. And I've heard great things about it. I can't wait to hit, hit Bath up in, I think, next summer. James, I'll be uh, meeting will, up with Brandon. Let me know. Yeah. I'll take you around to the good spots. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. But yeah, tell me about like your outlook into 2023 and like what you're going to focus on. So I had a, I had a call the other day with someone that sold a, a, like one of the world's biggest tech websites the other day for probably like seven, eight figures. He was, he was part owner and he said the best strategy that we use with our team every year, we had a massive meeting about it, is how do we three X our revenue in, in, in 12 months. And he kept saying that he was like, you need to just look at what you're doing good and knuckle down on it and try and three extra revenue. And I think for us, that's looking away from display ads a little bit, just because I think the ad rates next year are going to be a bit shitty. I think they'll pick up after that, but to focus on affiliate stuff and actually working with other brands, sponsors, you know, pushing the video stuff, getting someone into help with the video and just keeping the team on top of the good content that we're producing. So me personally for, for Dodo is invest in news, invest in video and look at the affiliates and sponsor stuff. I'll probably do the affiliate and sponsor stuff. And then with Love Bath, it's probably, you know, getting another writer to, to push that down and start pushing out newsletter stuff. And I'd like to create another brand on consumer tech just because I'm obsessed with it. I love tech, but it's one of the hardest niches to um, actually cement something in at this moment in time. So maybe that'd be towards the end of 2023. I want to pull myself out of the, the content creation process because that's what's truly bottlenecking me at this moment in time and start going through the, the management, the sponsors stuff, working yeah, with because brands you, directly. Yeah, you're heavily involved in the content creation side, right? You are not removed at all. You are completely in the trenches there. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately so. I get like... Retro Dodo is still pretty small and over the last 12 months, it's grown into something quite considerable and I'm a little mm -hmm. bit out of my depth really. So I'm currently in this process of that transition of being a, a YouTuber slash blogger to now like probably yeah. a, like a business owner. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It seems, seems like 2033 is going to be a big year for you. It's going to be like a transition year for you. Pretty mm. exciting. Stuff. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yep. What about you two? I, yeah, James. Man, <clears throat> continue a lot of the same stuff. I guess the main one is growing the membership further and focusing on that. That's kind of like where I want to bring everyone in and kind of have the bulk of my revenue coming from that. Obviously, the affiliate stuff does really well too. 
So continue to push that and growing, basically just growing lots of partnerships with these companies. Like a lot of them, they're sending free gear. They're going to allow me to guest post on their, essentially their e-commerce or, or actual shopping sites that sell the gear. And then I'm, I'm making, I've done something where I'm making these companies affiliates for my membership. So it's like a two-way street. I'm an affiliate for their really well-known branded gear in the space. And then I'm going to make them affiliates for my membership and doing stuff like that. So I've been building that out and hoping that does something and works. And then, yeah, I've got, I really got to nail down the YouTube stuff just so I'm not stuck on just the blog. I mean, I've got the podcast going for my own stuff too, which is growing. But yeah, I do need to get some info, YouTube stuff up. But man, it's such a mission to get here. I mean, I've got my whiteboard. I've got my thing up there. I did record it, but obviously you need, need the damn microphone. That's going to make it sound good. You, you need to make yeah. it a very easy habit. One thing yeah. that I hate is having to set up everything. I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'll do it tomorrow. But having the setup ready to just flick on, I think really helps the process of like, I've got the idea in my head. I'll just quickly make it. And once you're in the process of making it, you're, you're all guns blazing, really. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's yeah, exciting times for you too, James. Yeah, but from my side, I think I'll, I'll be traveling quite a bit next year. And I just wanted to continue to meet like extremely cool people. Been traveling around for I think six months now back for the Christmas, for Christmas time, just meeting really cool entrepreneurs around the world. And uh, hopefully people in the private community that I've been really focusing on lately, it's been trying to stir up some engagement is very tough, but I've been very hyped about the people in there and the types of conversation I've been having in the DMS, I've really enjoyed that and just continue to grow that. And besides that, I think I mentioned earlier about the spin out of the agency. And uh, unfortunately I do not have plans to build out the content site portfolio because I feel like now it's not the greatest time I'm going to sit on the sideline. I'd rather be late than wrong in this case. And we'll see where the economy goes. When do you come Jackie, to I don't really know your. Sorry, James, go ahead. No, yeah. but Jackie, I don't really know your port your portfolio. Like you, you have multiple content sites, you like 50% AI, 50% organic. Yeah, no, I have uh, multiple content sites. Let me just take a look now. Yeah. Like several sites that do like one K a month, not, mm -hmm. not like huge ones. The architecture one that, you know, does about 15, I think we're going to do 20 this month, 20 K. And then, yeah, just multiple one k -er. and then the, uh -huh. we've got the e-com going with the, the D2C far and away. I'm not sure if I talked about it with you. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. And the VPN, I have several VPN niche sites in different languages that do like four or five K a month. It's nothing crazy, you know, it's, but you know, it adds up, it adds up. For sure. And if you consider the multiples, happy days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, wrap things up. If you guys like this type of ep uh, videos and if you like seeing more guests on the podcast, do let us know and smash the like button on YouTube, hit the bell icon, subscribe. What else we got, Brandon? You, you're the, you're comment, the expert. Yeah. Here. Comment gets the algorithm juicy. Yeah. Share that wherever you can, you know. All right, cool. And if you're on Spotify, yeah, rate us. Yeah, for sure. And Apple. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Apple, Google, all that. 
All right. I think that's it, guys. Thanks for having me.